Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E.com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly. The entire Royal Navy is out looking for me. Welcome to the Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today I am joined by the softest, squishiest, cuddliest, and crinkliest little puppy, JC. JC creates some of the most immersive and fun visual posts depicting his adventures in a cute and wholesome way that not many others are, so I sat him down to talk all about little puppy space and how we can build the confidence to be our true selves. If you get the chance, do please rate and review this podcast. It really, really helps. And if you don't, the Babadook will get you. Today, the circus is in Harrington Park, New Jersey. And I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. Oh my gosh, you have, have you got mitts on both hands? I do, yes. Oh, those are, those are <laughs> amazing. Okay, I tried to buy mittens like that. And I accidentally only bought the straps <laughs> that they came with, so I didn't get any mittens. I just got the straps to like lock them on. But those ones are amazing. They're like big and poofy, and they have little puppy paws on them. Yeah. So um, this is um, I got these from Etsy. Um, they're from a shop called Chilly Little Shopette. Um, they do ABDL gear, um, including extra thick mittens like these. These are extra thick padded. Um, <sighs> made out of fleece so they're really warm and cozy and um you can they're all customizable like the colors the prints they're all customizable and obviously i got them with paws and my puppy colors so and they're lockable as well um <sighs> this is optional but yeah and they're actually surprisingly very affordable um it was only like 40 dollars, i think for everything and it's all Dude. custom too and it was so fast that so. is so awesome Okay, I definitely want to get something like that. Yeah. They're so perfect. Also, they're like, because they've got the puppy paws on them, they're a real perfect, like, perfectly in the in between pup and little. Exactly. And I love that. And anything that's like super, like, fluffy is perfect for me because, I mean, it's easy to go with clowning. It is. And it's so fun doing this <laughs> crappy. Arfie. Oh. Arfie. That's amazing. Okay, so my. Lil Bro's pup name is Jace, which I think is from Magic the Gathering. Are you like, are you always just JC or is it Jace? Uh, JC is good. Yeah. Okay. okay. Although it's true that I also took it from Magic the Gathering. Did you really? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I was hoping I got that right. Uh, Yeah. So in my head, I keep like saying Jace in my head and confusing the two and whatever. Okay. 
I'm sure you're gonna say like, oh, well, you should be padded, and then you wouldn't have to take pee breaks. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, I just like to um, have a break, and then sometimes I get bullied into putting padding on. And... Yeah, I know. I've listened to all the podcast episodes. I heard you get bullied by Bro Sitter. Yeah. Hey, I didn't get bullied. He just, he was just, mm, he's just a meanie. Uh huh. Uh huh. And he have he I uh, that episode was great. He totally <laughs> hypnotized you, had you under his spell. I mean, I love his work too. But uh... he's just so good at it. Like his, there's a, only a few people like that where their voice, I'm like, they could they could tell me anything. I could listen to them do anything, and they could tell me to do anything, and I would probably do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. He has like a dangerous voice. I wish that I had. <laughs> some power like that that I could wield because it feels like a superpower to me it does and uh, but as I understand that he did a lot of training to get to that voice yeah and, uh, that kind of surprised yeah and me. like and it, it's actually surprising because when he was just like giving his normal voice it was very like high pitched like I, I, I hate <laughs> to say like stereotypical gay voice and then he he busts out this you know daddy dom voice. I'm like, oh my god! I would never have imagined that. Imagine that switch. I can't wait for him to hear us talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'll get into big trouble. Okay, I really wanted to ask you actually about you made a post like ages ago now, but it really stuck with me because um, I guess maybe I had never really considered. Uh, it was about your coming out experience. Oh yeah, and I really wanted to ask you about that because I thought that was so. Just the way you spoke about it, it was. It's such a brave and monumental thing to do, especially when you have to do it for family. And mm. I wanted to get your story on on how that was for you because I imagine it was considerably more difficult than a lot of people. It was very tough. Um, so I mean, I I knew I was gay since I was young, since I was like. Um, probably 12 or maybe sure, even younger yeah. 11 um there was never a qu- I, I never questioned it like like i like i never had i had never had any interest in girls whatsoever mm-hmm. i knew from the very beginning and um and it was a very difficult time to come out in america um even even in the 90s where you know even i was living in new jersey and california at the time very liberal states um, but still, you know, gay was used as a slur everywhere in schools. Like, yep. Um, you know, it was the era of like kids saying that's so gay, that's so gay, and like you know, saying anything like the smallest things that was dumb. Actually, gay. I remember that Hillary Duff did because she was big at the time, and she did like an ad, one of those like you know PSA things, yeah. and exactly. it was like her in a shop with two girls. She said, ah, "That top is so gay," and she says, "You know, you really shouldn't say that. That is cute, though." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that ad very well as well, and a few other celebrities did it. And um, yeah, because everyone said that. I remember, like as a kid, I must have been eleven or or maybe twelve or something, and an adult said to me, you know that you shouldn't say that like to mean something is bad. Mm-hmm. And my response was, oh, I don't mean it's actually homosexual. That's fine. It's just also, and they kind of looked at me and were like, okay, so you know it's bad. Why? <laughs> just think about it for a sec. Think about it for a sec. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I said it too, just so that I wouldn't be like outed randomly at school and mm-hmm. stuff. But, you know, yeah. every time I said it, I would feel this like tinge in my mind. I'm like, this guilt and um yeah 
But thankfully, after high school is over, um, I was able to slowly come out to like my friends, and I I experienced my first taste of you know gay freedom, if you will, in college,、mm-hmm. um, where I you know I didn't have to worry about being outed to my parents, and you know yeah, I, all,、yeah. I you know joined the、um, college LGBTQ clubs and got to know a lot of people. So、um, my that was my first step coming out.、Um, I told my in terms of family, I told my younger sister first. That was like I don't know ten years ago now at this point. And I told then I told like my coworkers at work and you know other acquaintances,、um, but I didn't. I saved my family. I really delayed it. I saved my family all the way until the end, which was six months ago. <laughs> yeah, and and it was really tough because、um, I had to come out to them in Korean、um, mm-hmm. because. I mean, they've lived in America for some time now, but their English is still a bit choppy,、um, and I don't know if they would have understood it fully if I told them in English. So, you know, coming out to them in Korean, which is my native language as well. I was born in Korea, but I moved here when I was really young, so my Korean isn't perfect either. But I had to, I had to you know, formulate it really nicely for them in Korean to get the message across, and、uh, it was tough.、Um, I told my, I was, I told my mom first. Intending to tell my dad later,、um, mm-hmm. but、um, my mom went into hysterics, <laughs> and my dad overheard, and the news just ended up breaking like that. So, yeah, they they were not accepting at first,、um, but after they had like one day to、um, you know to take in the news,、um, they were very understanding of it, and they were they were basically telling me, you know, why didn't you tell us sooner? You know, we would, <laughs> you know, you know, I wish you hadn't. Gone through like twenty years of suffering on your own, basically,、mm. and um, and I want to say like I'm very lucky in that regard because Korea still to this day is not a super welcoming place for LGBTQ、mm. people. I want to say it's like fifty percent. Like a lot, I think um, you know, with a lot of the culture that Korea has been exporting recently, like they're seen as this like super modern, high tech. You know, country, and and that's very true.、Um, you know, Korea has advanced so so fast in such a short amount of time. But in terms of like like culture norms, like that's still catching up, and a lot of it、yeah. is still rooted in how like ancient Korea used to be.、Mm-hmm. But it, it's slow; it's changing. Like younger people are very openly accepting of it. It's just the、um, you know the boomers <laughs> and the religious folk are very adamant <laughs> that homosexuality is wrong. There's no way、Ugh. it's a it's a foreign thing. It's a Western thing. And yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Well, was it almost harder to do it in Korean actually then because you're kind of I I imagine you've never formulated that sentence before. Yeah. I mean, I've never talked to anyone in Korean, right? Right. <laughs> so it was very hard.、Um, but I I had you know I had. A long time to organize my thoughts. Like、mm-hmm. I chose it. I chose a specific day where I, you know, come out to them, and I had a, you know, like a outline, general outline of how how to explain things. Um, so um, it was hard, but I I think I prepped enough for it to be easy as possible.、Mm-hmm. I read a lot of stories of how other Koreans came out online, like some tips and tricks here and there. Um, so um, I think in the end it it worked out. Like I told them about my boyfriend, and they were so accepting about that. Oh,、and、that's great! I think it helps that my boyfriend is cute, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they, they have they have a problem with it until they see the boyfriend, and then they go, "Oh no, now we get it." Yep. 
Okay, so then that's awesome. I, I, I was speaking to um, Donkey Dope a few episodes back and, and he was talking about how his coming out experience, because he, he had a very religious mother and he was just saying that he kind of needed to give her a second to yeah. wrap her head around it and how much that had done for their relationship. And I think it's really, really wonderful when, yeah, I, I think a lot of the time we sort of don't give our parents the benefit of the doubt. We think they're going to... I don't know, react worse than than they actually do because, of course, they're your parent and they just want you to be happy. And Yeah, and um, exactly. And um, I I don't think I gave them the benefit of the doubt. That's, um, that's on me. Um, I You know, it's just that over the years, you know, you just hear about Koreans reacting badly or, yeah. you know, them like, like disowning you or like forcing you into straight marriages like all of that's still happening yeah, way, yeah. in korea it's it's not safe enough for koreans to come out you know your career gets ruined um your friends will stop talking to you it's like america mm-hmm. 20 years ago almost yeah um yeah and actually i mean that's a good frame of reference because it wasn't very long ago that the whole western world was the same yeah, exactly so. but i mean i don't think people who don't go through it can never really understand how difficult it is. Like, it's such a personal... You you really are, like, bearing yourself and doing it to, the like, your family. And it's such a... I don't know, it's it's so frightening. You, you, you really have no defense. And there's nothing worse than somebody reacting badly to you saying, this is who I am, this is me, you know? Yeah. Um... So I think that's it's really wonderful that uh, your parents' reaction. That's that's really nice. <laughs> I like that there was a moment of hysteria, though. Just a bit of drama, you know. It was, and <laughs> I, I really tried to reassure them that like nothing is changing. I'm still yeah, your yeah. son. You know, like my life isn't really impacted by this. I their mm-hmm. biggest concern was that it would have like an impact, on, a negative impact on my life. Um, you know, right. in terms of like my career path or just you know my general mm-hmm. way of living. And I tried my best to reassure them that, yeah, it's like actually yeah. mom and dad, you're the only one who don't know about this. And my life is progressing <laughs> fine. So um, as somebody who straddles little and puppy space in like such a, I don't want to say masterful way, because it's not like a skill. It's, you know, e- everyone is different and everyone does it differently and enjoys it in their own way. But you have such a like, um, I don't know, the way you do it is so creative. Like I love like that there's a visual and then there'll be a little script that goes with it in each of your posts. And it's just so sweet and cute and fun and engaging. I want to know how like that started for you. How did like, I mean, and I guess kink in general and and how those worlds kind of collided. But I mean, we've gone from putting off coming out to our parents as much as possible to having this vibrant, vibrant life and online presence that's like, just so so wonderful to to see how did that even begin yeah well it's like 30 years of repression (laughs) and now the creative juices are all flowing (laughs) yeah the walls are down and like everything i had bottled inside me is just coming out just floodgates open was it that it, it was like a recent thing though um no so i've been in i mean um kink started um in my in my tweens in like Mm-hmm. Uh, like the earliest memory of like something kink related is probably when I was like, I don't know, 10 ish. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, a th- like coinciding with the onset of puberty. Um, first kink. I mean, I didn't realize it was kinky at the time, but um, 
I can trace it, trace my current kinks back to that time period. Uh, first, it was like um, undies, like uh, briefs, tidy whities um, specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I had like fun, like imagining that I was um, like still wetting my, wetting my bed. Um, like I wasn't an actual bed wet or anything, but I had somehow it was fun to imagine that like, Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was peeing my pants or something. Um, <laughs> Do you think that's like a loss of control thing for you or? Um, it's, um, it's, it's, I would say it's largely, um, I want to say it's connected to like embarrassment or it's like humiliating stuff. Yep. Um, I totally get. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's like. It's my whole thing. Yeah, it's like, it's like embarrassing that mm-hmm. you know, I'm still. You know, I still can't use the potty properly or mm-hmm. um, so um, that's how it started. And then um, it started with undies and then it um, and then I st- and then it went towards diapers um, in my um, when I was probably like 18, 19 ish. When I got to college, I was able to fully explore my kinks more. Um, so, you know, I was able to buy my own undies and diapers at the time, which is great. Um, and then um, so I, I've been in doing kink on my own for a very long time um Mm -hmm. i i had like a very small social media thing like just you know like kind of doing myself in secret um yeah the online stuff um really kind of blossomed a year ago um i want to say when i got it which um, is crazy by the way it's a year ago like honestly if anyone looking at your stuff it looks like you have been perfecting this for years like it's (laughs) There's so much that goes into it. It's so cool. Thank you. I I, I do appreciate that a lot. Um, you know, I'm, you know, like why I started. Um, I made the decision to um, get like put myself out there more a year ago, mm-hmm. um, largely because I was in a miserable state at the time, um, <laughs> in terms of my job and like just like where where my life was like going overall. Um, I wanted to get more friends in kink spaces um, and like talk to like-minded people more. And I thought, okay, well, if I don't put myself out there and advertise, like how am I going to you know, be able to talk to these cool people around me? Um, mm-hmm. So that was kind of my gateway into, you know, my online presence, if you will. Um, and yeah, like in terms of my content, um, the first foremost goal is to make, make people happy. Like I, my goal is to make someone smile. It's, you know, like, like, yeah, the likes and the followers are nice and all, but it's like, like, who cares at the end of the day? Like when I die, nobody's going to remember me for how many likes I had, you know? (laughs) So it can't take the likes with you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is it going to be engraved on my gravestone? No. So, (laughs) so it's, you know, it's at the end of the day, like I want people to smile when they see my content. So that's where, that's like step one of, you know, where I get my ideas from. You know, the first question I ask is, is this going to make someone smile? And, and, and of course I have to enjoy it too. Like making, I like, I'm not going to be doing a job that I don't like. Like, obviously I enjoy yeah. taking these yeah. photos and creating these little scenes and little scripts. Um, it's, and as far as the content itself, it's, um, it's stuff I daydream about, or it's like, oh, what would be cute to, you know, mm-hmm. like, or like stuff from my memories, so childhood memories, there'll be like a portion of like a childhood memory that I, you know, try to capture in today's photo. Totally. Like it, it feels like a, um, like a really a lie. Well, okay. This is going to sound stupid. I was going to say like, like JC, JC feels like a really alive 
character, but of course he is because he's you. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, you really, it is like we're, we're watching like a little chapter of his life, you know, in like mm-hmm. a little storybook or a little ep- like TV episode or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and um, there's no continuity, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but but yes, it's there. I, I I like to call them like vignettes. They're like little little mm-hmm. snippets of my life um, that I like to share. Um, also, I don't know if you do this deliberately, but sometimes the same post is slightly different. Like sometimes the captions are slightly different on like Instagram versus Twitter. And so I like to always check both because sometimes <laughs> you'll put something in one that isn't in the other. And yeah, I, and I really I, like that. Yeah, and um, and I think um, some like. Some captions are, uh, you know, I like to tell a story and like sometimes, um, you know, sometimes I put the captions directly in the picture. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. that doesn't work so well with like the kind of message I'm trying to get across. So I might differ it a bit. Um, But I think there's like a similar thread going across all the posts, I want to say. But yeah, no, it's it's I like that it's always a very simple structure. Like it's always like. JC's trying to do, t- trying to learn something new, and uh, you know he's he, he's always kind of doing it, trying his hardest, and either doing it wrong, and Daddy's sort of like, oh, oh dear, or or it's like he's trying to get away with something and then gets caught. And I like that. That's very much. There's so many like place scenarios revolve around those things because, of course, it's something we all experienced growing up. So we all kind of have an idea of what that's like. Exactly, and um, and I'm I'm glad people are catching on to that kind of message. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see him try and fail and try again, and you know, it's cool. Yeah, it's it's like um, it's like a little puppy, you know, tr- you know, learning, like you said, and like maybe like misinterpreting things slightly. Like, yeah. that's the thing this? as well like it's actually funny like I'm trying to think there was um, there was one that had something to do with I think <laughs> JC made PT or something like that oh, what, what was it he tried to give he tried to give daddy like uh, warm pee or something <laughs> I'm getting it wrong now I can't remember what it was but that one really really made me laugh like it was just <laughs> okay um, I mean that's like a I don't think I've made a post like that, but although that's that's something, something I've considered. <laughs> so was, um, I I did a post. Uh, maybe you're thinking of the one where I like um, made him coffee. Um, yes, and, I think so. Yeah, and I was I was making him coffee, and um, and but it was um, it was just all in the cup was just all milk and sugar. Um, oh, oh yes, that was it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my mind immediately goes to pee. Yes, that was it. It was just all milk and shit. Yeah, and the and the um so the idea behind that was, you know, like me growing up, like kids don't want to drink coffee. Like Yeah. Um but when I was growing up, like it was fun to like try to be adult and like mm-hmm. have like some coffee because <laughs> that's what adults drink. And like, oh, I want to be an adult. Um and I would I, when I was drinking my milk um you know i would always ask my mom or dad hey mom could you you know give me some of your coffee into my cup and they would they would take this little teaspoon and of their coffee and like put it into my into my giant cup of milk and i'd be like yeah i'm having coffee milk so yeah that's where that came from oh i actually like nothing to do with anything but i remember the first time i tried coffee and I'd never had it before. And I really wanted to be like seen as an adult and like a grown up. And 
I didn't know what, like, how you were supposed to drink it. I just had it black. And I remember swallowing this thing and being like, and all the adults are looking at me and I'm like, yes, good coffee. And I finished that. I sat there and finished the whole thing. Oh, everybody knew. Everyone was like, geez, this kid's really committing to pretending he knows what he's doing. I mean, I enjoy my coffee um, still with a lot of milk. Um, Like I prefer half coffee, half milk um, with some sweetener. So basically exactly that, right? Yes. Just sweetened milk. Yes. yes. Yeah, okay, so I, I'm interested in where, like, the line blurs for you between kink versus identity, which is something I'm, v- I'm very interested in because, um, like, a lot of people will sort of get on their high horse about, you know, oh, certain kinks don't belong in certain spheres and blah, 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 blah. And especially when talking about something like being padded or, you know, wearing a puppy hood or something like that, Mm -hmm. which is just as much about how you feel and how you present yourself than it is about doing anything sexual. So um, where does that kind of line blur for you? Yeah, uh, great question. So um, I will say that um, I want to say like 95% of this for me is like non-sexual. And it's very much a lifestyle for me. Like I want to say I'm in little puppy space like 24-7 just because that's who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean I'm going around like barking at my coworkers (laughs) or like crinkling around, you know, at the grocery store. Um, It just means like that's how I feel 24-7. Like I'm living my life like, like, like I'm a little, little puppy boy. And, um, and like, I, so like when people, when, so a lot of times when people say they need to work to get into like a headspace, like I'm confused by that because I feel like I'm in just, it's just who I am naturally. Mm. Um, like I don't need to put on a diaper or a puppy hood to feel little, although it helps a lot. Like, look at me right now. Like I'm dressed fully out <laughs> and I'm padded as a, you know, a in an adorable gloves. sleeper um, yeah. um, <laughs> with the bell tag with the bow. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. Headspace for me was something that was really hard to access because I, I think it was very secondary to how I saw myself. And I kind of, it was almost like I was playing the part and it felt kind of awkward and silly and embarrassing. And then when I finally was able to, it, it's vulnerable as well. You really have to like surrender yourself to the role and just kind of letting your mind switch off and just enjoy kind of being in the zone, which I think can kind of feel like an improvisation exercise. almost. Yeah. But yeah, when I finally got that, it really changed things for me. I really, really enjoyed it. But I, I totally... Yeah, I'm definitely one of those people who has to kind of take a second to get there. And having all the accoutrement really helps, like being padded, having my puppyhood. Um, I think it's more about how it makes people treat you than it makes me feel. As in, as soon as someone can see that I'm in little mode, immediately they start calling me kiddo and stuff like that. And that really reinforces the whole thing. And it's it's true that it's hard for me to... um, let go or be open in pub in spaces with other people um mm-hmm. even when i'm you know fully dressed like and that's just me being like a little shy boy um you know it's, diff- it's which is 
perfect. Yeah, it's um, ooh ooh. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> it's um, it's hard. Like I don't know. After all these years of like bottling up my emotions and like and uh, part of this is like Asian culture like being enforced on me, where like Asians are told to like mm-hmm. kill their emotions and just you know study or work. Yeah. Um, you know, after, you know, growing up like that, it's hard for me to just open up in public, which is why, um, you know, I struggle a lot in public spaces when like when I go out to events, you know, online is a different story where I can control the narrative as much as I want to. Totally. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I am going out to more events now and try and slowly becoming more comfortable around friends and uh, acquaintances. Oh, that's awesome. So. Yeah, I think the the one thing and I I think there's a bigger conversation to be had here about different kinds of events because ABDL events specifically, I've always found to be the most chilled, relaxed, open atmospheres Mm -hmm. and nobody's really drawing attention to what you're wearing because we're all already on the same page and it's just normal. And so you can just kind of hang out. It was definitely the most nerve wracking, scariest thing I had ever done when I first did it. But very quickly, it became my favorite thing. So I'm so glad. I know it's also not for everyone. It's not like there's any right or wrong way to enjoy yourself in any kind of kink or social sphere. But it's really cool to see when somebody kind of lights up and gets to relax and enjoy just being themselves in that sphere. So I'm so happy that's happening for you. It's it's magical, really. And um, I and for, you know, for any of the any of your followers or listeners who are listening to this and are like hesitant to go to an event, please try it at least once. And, um, you know, if you don't like it, you know, you can, you know, wait another year before you try it out or something, but please do try totally. it out. It's, it's really a mat. It's a magical moment. And you can always, this is the thing you can always, you know, leave, you can always come in, kind of see what it's about and mm-hmm. then go, this isn't for me. You can always coordinate with someone, you know, and just make sure you've yeah. been and said hi and, made sure you felt comfortable and and then you can go. There's no obligation. And in my experience, it's always the things we don't do that we regret because if you didn't do it, you'd regret not going and wonder what it might have been like. Whereas if you went, even if you didn't enjoy it, you would just leave and you go, well, okay, at least I, at least I know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's really good advice. Okay. Let's quickly go to break. Cause I'm not padded and already I need to be, it's add always, up, it's like, add up. I will not be bullied into padding up. Do it. Well, this is my daddy dumb voice. That's a very scary daddy dumb voice. Do Pad up. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Okay. okay, he's back. Okay, I I decided not to pad up this time because <sighs> I... I know, shocking, but you know, sometimes I just don't feel it, and I didn't feel it today. Okay, bye. I don't feel it. Bullied. (laughs) I don't feel like it anymore. I don't feel like doing this podcast anymore. I will not be bullied or peer pressured, or uh, this is my podcast, and I can bat up if I want to. I know now I'm going to get cancelled on Twitter for (laughs) not wearing my typeies. Well, do you know what? If I have an accident, it's on me. Yes. I mean, okay, so, like, there are people who I think, like, you don't have to be padded to be a little. Mm-hmm. Like, like, and there are, there's oddly, like, a group of people, I want to say online, who, like, really push this narrative of, like, how you have to be padded to be a little. And, like, okay, well, you can be little in wearing 
tidy whities or printed undies too, or just wearing other cute right. clothes and or pull ups or so it's like you know this there's this weird focus of like trying to define yeah, like other people are trying to define you know what how you need to be as a little it's that like, annoys me so please much don't do that <laughs> it's like it ruins other people's little spaces so well because i mean you find it everywhere you go you find it in pups like i mean that i've seen so much like pups telling mm-hmm. each other how you have to it has to be sexual for you or it has to be you have to be a total you know dog when you're in headspace you have to have a hood you have to have a this mm-hmm. you have to have the right kind of tail and it's like well, you can just be a dog. Or like you can just be your own pup, and you can do what you want, and like enjoy it the exactly. way you want to enjoy it. Yeah, just I don't know why anyone feels the need to police how anyone else enjoys something. We're all different. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to experience. Okay, actually, this is like I mean, I haven't really encountered this. Only one or two people, but even clowns have been like, you have to have a certain kind of makeup. You can't have a beard. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> are <really>? you kidding <laughs> me? Like, come on! Like that's just so stupid. Also, like, bitter clowns are the best. But either way, it's just like, I don't understand why trying to control anyone else's enjoyment of something is important to anyone. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Freedom. Right, yeah, just like... And also, bear in mind that the thing of today, like, is always evolving. So, Mm -hmm. like, there is a huge cultural significance to the origins of leather, uh, as opposed yeah. to something like rubber, which is a lot more modern. And it's the same with pups and pup hoods and what, you know, a classic pup hood looks like. And it's the same with like little gear and um, the ABU characters and that kind of thing. Like these things will constantly evolve and what is prevalent and what is um, the way most people are preferring to do things. I mean, even just like technology evolves, like adult diaper technology is constantly evolving. And so what someone wears or how they enjoy it is not going to be defined by, you know, you and what you think it's going to be defined by what people want to do and how we all end up moving on from the last thing. So thank you for coming to my TED talk. (laughs) Um, Okay. So we spoke a little bit about identity and, um, because I really like that idea. Like kink for me was kind of the first moment that I felt pride. It was really like this, this is my identity. And it's not about um, it. To me, pride is the difference between putting yourself in a box with a label or choosing to, you know, wave this flag. And I think that's a really important distinction that a lot of people don't understand. And so there is definitely an identity that comes with that because it's part of who you are. Do you think that you would ever... Sorry, I'm always burping on this podcast. Um, Do you think that you would ever come out to people as a puppy? And when I say people, I'm nudging towards saying your parents (laughs) one day. (laughs) Um, I mean, well, speaking of Pride, I did go to New York City Pride um, this past summer um, in my puppy cat. Yay! Um, So... Yeah, I mean, I suppose, you know, that's as open as I can get in public. Um, But would I tell my parents about my puppies? I don't think so. Okay, maybe that's an unfair question, because it's also like, how much is that something that's they're going to understand at all? But I guess what I mean is, do you think it's something that you would maybe one day feel or want to feel comfortable bringing into a more vanilla place? Do you know what I mean? Um, 
so there well there are certain parts of me i think that i already do bring in mm-hmm. like for example like my room is very little themed yeah i don't hide this like my parents like my like i have bed sheets right now that are very little i think but also wait what are they what i, are mean, they? What I are could they? technically they? justify it as like adult like i i feel like i toe the line between adult and little very well wait what is where it's like i what is the bed sheet what is the bed sheet um it's uh well i can show you the show me show me show me show me here so like you know it's um wait is it movement um, it's like a pirate. Sh- it's tre- It's like Treasure Island almost. Um, pirate ships and um, you know, sea monsters. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. But um, but the other side is um, is technically adult themed. It's like nautical. So <laughs> I have um, you know, plausible deniability. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you're making. Um, I'm such a big kid. Like you were making a point, and I was like, show me, show me, show me. <laughs> Yeah, and like they've seen my footy jammies hanging in my closet, mm-hmm. and they see my plushies, and and I I actually still sleep with my baby blanket um, that I have had since I was like, you know, six years old. Um, oh wow! <laughs> like they know all of this, and like clearly they haven't made the connection. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean they know a lot of my little stuff already, and um, well, and I guess that's also as much as you would ever share right it's like the rest is not for them you know yeah i mean there's there's stuff that i think it's a, it's on a spectrum there's like little stuff like that and then there's more like would i ever show them my collection of you know naughty toys absolutely not <laughs> right right yeah yeah there's <laughs> like, a fine do I really line want to show them my puppy tail no right yeah <laughs> yeah there's a line between when something is just not <laughs> anyone's business but I, I love that um, incorporating just these like parts of you into the rest of your life. Yeah. And um, and that's what I mean by identity or how I'm living this like, kind of 24 mm. seven. It's like actually like even my regular work clothes, for example, um, you know, they're actually all um, they're all boy size clothes. Um, like it helps me be like a, like think like I'm just like a little boy mm-hmm. living life. Yeah. Um, like all of my undies, um, are, you know, tidy whities or printed undies that, you know, I wear just on a regular basis. And my, as far as like my sweaters, my jackets, my everything, it's all, they're all boy clothes mm. actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, some people catch, some people, I don't think people catch on like my, like my, when I wear these sweaters to work, um, and they're not like silly clothes, they're like work formal mm-hmm. clothes, um. You know, my coworkers will be like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> like, I'll be like, thank you. I, I don't think you know the message behind it, but thank you. <laughs> yeah, but again, it's also not for them. And it's nice when people yes. can validate you in that way by going, oh, that's cute. And it's like, yes, that's all I was going for. Because, exactly. yeah, exactly. what it means to me is you know, not, not important. Um, okay, so I guess in that thread, like so much of your output is very much about the fantasy of headspace and and scenarios and that kind of thing um and it's often <clears throat> nope i just adopted a different accent there what the hell it's often <laughs> and it's often very wholesome or, or or silly where does that kind of line blur for you is it all one thing where it's just like and i guess specifically like 
Is there a moment where it becomes, this is now sexy time? Or is it, this is just how I enjoy everything and there's kind of no distinction between those two things? Yeah, so um, I think I said earlier that, you know, like 95% of this is like non-sexual for me. So yeah, like the stuff I put on um, social media is, um, I try to be as wholesome as possible. Um, And I went with that because um, when I I feel like there isn't enough wholesome content out there for um, ABDL or pups. Um, you know, there's a lot of porn. Uh, Twitter is full of porn. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you want that or like a, a diaper crotch shot, if you will, um, <laughs> you can you can go to, you know, yeah. 300 other yeah, yeah, people yeah. out there. And I just didn't want to be like just another... Totally. I didn't want to be like, I didn't want to come across as like a porn star. Basically. <laughs> uh, and that's, that's a little harsh. Um, but like, I felt like the world needed more smiles is, is my point. So, um, and that's kind of, uh, that's somehow like become like my brand, if you will. Um, I've, I've talked to my boyfriend a few times about this. It's like, we joke around that like my stuff is like wholesome softcore. If you will. Yes, that's yes, totally. Yes. It's like, like I'm sure somebody can find something sexy in this particular picture. Mm-hmm. It's although even that even though it's not like my intent to be sexy. Um there are some times where I, I feel like I I come very close to crossing the line or I do cross the line a bit. Um even though I don't like overtly show like my genitalia on Twitter. It's like clearly like some poses are like are more sexier than what I'm, what I would normally do. Um, Maybe, but also like especially in like a jockstrap or harness. Yeah, but again, everyone's got a different idea of what that is. So, like, yeah. for example, to, like to me, it just doesn't jockstrap harness nudity is just like not you know my thing. But I really like smiling more as a mission statement. Like, as in, it doesn't matter if I'm crossing into that line for someone because mm-hmm. the the whole point is still the same. And I yes. quite like that. I quite like that you can really tell when you look at your stuff. Like it is really, there is something really like joyful and whimsical and fun. And yeah. And to me, it, it has to be that or it's, you know, it's like the moment I take myself too seriously on social media, <laughs> then it's like, yep, like we've lost the point. Yeah. We've lost the narrative. <laughs> yeah, You know, it's like, then I'm, I'm that means I'm doing this for someone else rather than for myself. So um, it has to be playful, fun. Do you live with your boyfriend? Uh, no, although we are looking to get a place very soon, um, hopefully in the next six months sometime. Um, I've been dating my boyfriend um, now since uh, February 2019. So... Um, Three and a half years, uh, three and three fourths. Okay. Um, yeah, I was going to ask. So, how much of your day to day has kind of just become little space? Because I'm just paying attention to like everything <laughs> being presented here, and I'm kind of thinking. For me, when I go into little space, it's very much like, and it sometimes is just, oh, this afternoon I feel like wearing a onesie and padding up and mm-hmm. being little. Is that very much like just kind of a, a normal part of the day to day now? Yeah, it's a lot of it is head just headspace. Like uh-huh. I don't even have to be dressed in a onesie to just be in the headspace. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, it's again, it's it's like um, 
you know, there are different levels of it. There are times where I'm like fully immersed in little puppy space. And then other times it's just like kind of background noise, Mm -hmm. like when I'm working, for example. There are moments where um, I would say I get kicked out of headspace when I'm super stressed. Like I work and I need to like be 100 focused on what I'm doing. I'm like, screw everything else. (laughs) I I can't be little puppy Jason right now. Um, But when it's normal or you know, just on a regular, ordinary day, I'm I'm in little puppy mode. That's awesome. Yeah, I realized recently as well in in my therapy that so much of my, the way that I just choose to live and the way that I deal with things and and everything Mm -hmm. um, is all about recapturing a very childlike attitude towards everything. And I just, I want to be left alone to be like in my kid mode and then i will you know enter adult mode and do all the adult stuff as fast as possible so i get to be back in kid mode which was something i never really thought about i didn't realize that about myself and then looking back i kind of go oh yeah i kind of see where that is i've always wanted to do that i've always thought being adult was kind of boring (laughs) yeah like i mean i want to be in little puppy space you know, fully immersed 24 uh-huh. seven. I just want to be, you know, a little puppy and just get, do nothing, get pets yeah. and huggles and, and back scratchies and, Aww. or just be a kid and play outside all day. And would you do it 24 seven if you could, do you think? Yes. If I, if I won the Powerball, which I didn't <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> I would do that. Yes. <laughs> Rats next time. Oh, that's yeah. cool. I um, heard about someone who was li- li- living 24-7 dog. They were they were just someone's dog. And it was very, very much like he wakes up in dog mode, goes to sleep in dog mode. You can interact with him, but it's only in dog mode. And that was kind of fascinating to me because I think a lot of ABDLs especially because there's such a sort of lifestyle element to it. That is the the ultimate goal, right? The fantasy would be like to mm-hmm. do 24-7. But I, I was kind of like, wow, people are doing it. People are yeah, doing it as dogs. A, like, that's, that's cool. That's a dedication. Yeah. Um, you know, you really have to, you know, sacrifice a lot of your other, other parts of your life, yeah. I think, to be able to manage that. I'm not sure if I'm ready for that. Well, I guess you can but... also have both, right? I mean, there's no, it's not one or the other. It's like, have all the things you want. And if the thing you want is to immerse yourself fully, go for it. And, you know, I don't know, give adult brain, save some time for adult brain every now and again. But as I now refer to myself every time I do anything, it's like, okay, adult time. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, <clears throat> I mean, we like my boyfriend and I, we do try to like make like adult stuff. Like we try to approach adult stuff from like a little boy mode. Mm, if you will. Yeah. Like, doing chores, for example. Yes. It's like, oh, it's time for little boys to do chores. Like, um, you know, we're going to be good boys and wash the dishes and do the laundry. Really? And clean the house. Okay, that's and adorable. Pick up our toys and stuff. Um, okay, so that's actually like stuff. what I need <laughs> because my like kid brain thinks that everything is boring and doesn't want to d- doesn't want to do anything that isn't fun and my adult brain doesn't get to have any fun and so i kind of want my adult brain to get to have a little more fun and my kid brain to you know do stuff sometimes like social engagements and errands shouldn't feel like work 
the same way work <laughs> is, but it does. And I just want to go back into kid mode, but maybe I can take kid mode with me a little bit and do those things, but make them fun. I don't know why I'm psychoanalyzing myself. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Get to the root of your trauma. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, so wait, is your partner little as well? Yeah, so, um, he's also an APTL. Um, he's not really active on social media, mm-hmm. so, um, he's a bit more shy. He's shyer than I am mm-hmm. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, he, he goes to events with me. Um, he's just not active on social media, but yes, he's an APTL. So what's your dynamic then in little space? Is it more like big bro, little bro, or? Just two kiddos. Yeah, it it is big bro, little bro, mm-hmm. and I'm actually the big bro. No way. Yeah, I find that hard to believe. Yeah, JC's a lot of bro. people find it hard to believe, actually, <laughs> <laughs> like, including myself sometimes. <laughs> um, but it's true. Like, like if like my little age, I would say is like eight to twelve, uh-huh. and then his little age is more like four to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and our dynamic is, um, it started out as big bro, little bro, like, uh, like big, like I'm a big bro, but I'm like a clumsy little bro. Mm-hmm. I'm a clumsy big bro where, uh, you know, like I try to be big and responsible, but I'm still a little kid myself. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, like some, I screw up here and there little or make mistakes. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, and then as I got more into puppy space, the dynamic became like a little boy and his, uh, puppy. Um, so it's like a little boy taking care of his first puppy kind of dynamic. So that's awesome. Do you sort of jump between the two? Um, actually I don't really separate out my little side Uh and puppy side a lot. It's all just one character for me. Um, so yeah, it's like little pup is that's what it is. Like there is no big puppy mode or just little boy mode for me anymore. It's just all together. Wow. That's cool. That's really cool. I like would have assumed that there was like a a bit of a switch because naturally the dog you would think would be or the puppy would be sort of the more submissive role in that dynamic, right? Little kid and his puppy. Uh, it is a little it is more submissive, but um I mean in when I'm in pup when I'm in more puppy, um, I get, I suppose it's, it's like, it's like a spectrum where I'm like, I'm being like fluid in between the two Mm -hmm. modes. And, um, you know, we switch a lot, but it's always like, it's in the constraints of like little puppy. Um, The submissive part. um, Yeah. I think I am a little more submissive in puppy space. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like, for example, I'm much more open to like taking orders in puppy space. Mm -hmm. Like, um, so I like a good, it's like JC hug me or JC <laughs> come here for treats or, you know, so yeah. was puppy space something that for you was definitely more of a social, uh, social thing as opposed to like, a like the little space, which felt more, more like it was your own. Do you know what I mean? Like, because for me, it was definitely that, that pup play was something that for me, it was a way to relate to other people and, and get to en- enjoy other people. And it wasn't definitely. necessarily about being a puppy specifically. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like I can show my, well, puppies, the puppyhood actually make, allows me to show my face on social media, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. You know, before that I used to like post, you know, just post, you know, like diaper pics or like yeah. below head posts and, and being able to express like all of me is great. So yes, there is definitely a social element to it. And, um, and yeah, actually 
you know, I became more social as I became a puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I have a, I got into puppy, um, pup play, um, thanks to um, my, an Instagram friend of mine, um, Little Pup Max. Um, maybe you know him. Oh my gosh! Um, of course, he, yes. Um, Really? Yeah, he actually introduced me to pup play. Um, it's actually it's been exactly a year ago, actually. Um, but uh, we started chatting on Instagram mostly about um, ABDL stuff, and then I saw you know his posts, and I thought like, oh my god, pup play looks so cool. I'm really curious about it now. And then he really encouraged me into becoming a puppy. And and actually, I'm I'm the reason I'm here right now in front of you is thanks to Max. You know, I would not be like out here or on social wow. media without him, I think. Wow, that's adorable because he is also adorable. And yeah, I've been following yes. him for a while. Wow, that's super cool. I love when that happens. There there are a few people in my life like that who really... And I'm sure actually it's always the case of the effect that someone has on you, they will never quite, you know, understand the fullness of. <laughs> but Yeah, I try to remind him as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like my friend, um, my friend, little Cassie, he was the first person I ever agreed to meet. And it was like huge for me to meet someone like me. Mm-hmm. And he like totally blew my mind and stuff. And I just, I remember one time he was like, huh, yeah, that made a way bigger impression than I than I realized. I didn't even think about that. And I was like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, kind of changed my life, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Max really changed my life around, like, if you told me a year ago I would be, you know, in a puppyhood on a podcast with a clown <laughs> while wearing a weenie cage while padded, I'd be like, get out, get out of my house. Get out of here. Yeah, but here I am, and I'm, I'm the happiest I've ever been. So. Yay. Thank you, Max, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so we have to wrap up uh, in a sec, but um, before we do, I like everybody gave you homework uh do you have like a positive thing to to end on like a big yay moment yes of course yes Um, so um so the new york city um tri-state area um including new jersey and connecticut um is currently undergoing like a revival of the abdl scene and um it's largely thanks to the work of um, three great abdl uh, slash pups and um uh, one of them is um max uh, which was who we spoke about earlier um you can find him on twitter and instagram on little pup max um pup kenzo uh, pup underscore kenzo who is um one of the biggest leaders in the abdl community and he's done so many great things for us um He's organizing so many events, like bar events, little events, little parties just for like socializing and so much more. And um, the other person, uh, Noah Gold. Um, oh, yeah. By Diaper Days Haze um, online. Although his, uh, his Twitter got uh, nuked. Um, I think he's still on Tumblr though, under Diaper Days Haze. Oh, but um, but these three are really like um, the three, I want to say, uh, little leaders, if you will, of the um, ABDL revival post-COVID. You know, COVID really shut down a lot yeah. of events yeah. in New York City. And it and the munches all went private. And, and now, like, everybody is just coming out into the open again. And um, and there's really an event for everyone. Um, you know, peop- like, for example, like, I don't like bar events with, like, loud music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, Kenzo and his friends have organized, like, a nice little social party where we just, like, come to, like, a little play space um, and just we were able to just hang out and talk and play with each other. And it's non-sexual too, which is great for, you know, mm-hmm. people who are not necessarily looking for that kind of, you know, charged environment. And, um, and they're all so nice and welcoming. Um, so 
if you're in the New York City tri-state area, um, please uh, reach out. And you'll, I'm sure you maybe you've seen the social flyer, the social media flyers uh-huh, yeah. for our events. Um, please do come out and hang out with us, and we're going to make sure you have a great time. Yay! Well, that's awesome. Well, I am uh, 2023. I haven't booked it yet, but I am heading to New York and maybe some surrounding states. Uh, but all to be all to be organized and knowing me it'll be very last minute and <laughs> I'll arrive at the wrong time <laughs> will you be going to um, Capcom then I really really want to go to Capcom I couldn't make it work this year so I'm kind of determined but I've got a lot of things that I want to go to in 2023 so <laughs> I don't know if the timing will work because uh, coming to the states I try to like get everything everything that I'm doing in the yes. States at the same time, because otherwise it's just like mm-hmm. traveling so far and paying so much. But hopefully, yes. I will say tentatively, yeah. yes. But don't hold me to it. But maybe do, because then maybe I'll actually do it. <laughs> Pinky promise. Pinky promise. Okay, so my um, positive for today is actually going to be um, someone else in the ABDL community, um, but a bit different. I just want to plug Draven Navarro, because I couldn't believe it when he (laughs) followed me and I was kind of like kind of starstruck just like just like even like receiving a message from him I was like uh, only because he like he's so open about being ABDL and has contributed so much to its pornographic canon (laughs) Um, (laughs) so yeah he's uh, a stripper and adult film model based in Vegas now I think who is by all accounts the like sweetest friendliest uh dude and has been um a part of so much like creative fun pornographic smut but um yeah i he's awesome so uh go check him out i can attest to him being a cool dude uh you can find him at draven underscore navarro on twitter and uh instagram jc thank you so much for talking to me today uh where can people find you online yeah so um i'm on twitter as um at korean puppy boy um, I'm also on Instagram as a uh, Korean undies boy. Uh, yeah, they're not very creative handles, <laughs> but it, they're my kinks at the time. Um, yeah, so um, you can find me there. Awesome. Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at tstota and on Instagram at the underscore muckle underscore stota. So thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to smile more and join me next week as we go under the big top. guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. 
It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the Hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.